So I am going to talk about obesity and portion sizes. And obesity is really important because weight and heart disease and diabetes, they all kind of go hand in hand with risk and complications. So a scary fact, more than 85% of American adults with diabetes are overweight and obese. So the reason why we really want to focus on this is because a lot of times with our diabetes, if we have a weight loss, we can help control those those blood sugars. And we want you guys to know where the risk is. Well, we want you to know your fat. The intra-abdominal fat or the belly fat, visceral fat is the more technical term, is more closely associated with insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes than subcutaneous fat, which is the fat that's directly stored underneath the skin. So for example, this might be someone that has maybe chunky ankles. If we carry weight all throughout our body or in our arms or our legs, that's not gonna put at, at us at a high risk for heart disease or, or um, issues with diabetes. What we're gonna really talk about is those patients with belly fat. So weight loss. They always talk about if you lose a little weight, you can help control your blood sugars. When someone loses seven to 10% of their body weight, they can actually improve their insulin actions by 55 to 90 percent. So if you would take a 200 pound person, for example, that would be a weight loss of 14 to 20 pounds. So if you're 200 pounds or above and you lose 15 pounds, you can actually improve your blood glucose control by 50 percent. So that's pretty cool. The prime goal with obesity and type 2 diabetes care is a lifestyle change. We want you to be able to have a, a weight loss and to have some control uh, of your lifestyle. And that's really the biggest thing with diabetes management. Uh, diabetes is not something that goes away. So once you have that diagnosis, you wanna have um, some good lifestyle changes. And the first five years are actually very important. Uh, like Stacy talked about, you know, there's a lot of people that walk around undiagnosed with diabetes. Some for even up to eight years, they say um, diabetes can be in our bodies and we, it just doesn't pop up or reveal itself when we don't get it diagnosed. So we're kind of already behind when we do get that diagnosis of diabetes. So those first five years, we wanna make sure that we're doing everything that we can to improve our chances um, of diabetes control and decrease any complications that we might be incurring. So within the first five years, if we lose some weight, we can improve that glucose level. We can reduce the need for some of the medications. We could possibly even reverse the diabetes the progressive course. Now, there's never gonna be a cure for diabetes. Now, we can get those numbers down and in tight control where we can take off some medications um, altogether and we can put it into remission, so, so to speak, but we're never gonna cure it by getting those blood sugars down. But tight blood sugar control is our goal. So, there's some kind of there's some contradictions in diabetes management. Unfortunately, um, you know, our goal we talk about is to lose weight and stay stay in shape and have that good lifestyle, but a lot of the diabetes medications can have a side effect of, of making you gain weight. So talk to your doctor about that. If there's another medication that will help you keep your blood sugars in control, but 
won't promote weight gain, then, you know, ask your doctor about switching that. And every individual is different. You know, the, the person that walks in before you could have no issues with weight gains from a medication and the person that walks in after you could have a ton of problems uh, with weight issues. So just kind of see where you are. And the reason why is that we really just want to deal with the weight control issues because that's really just with the whole lifestyle change with diabetes. It's our goal to help manage weights. So speaking of goals, we're going to talk about SMART goals. SMART stands for Specific, Measurable, Action-Oriented, Realistic, and Time-Limited. So we're going to kind of go over some of those tonight. So specific. Uh, my goal I have here as an example is I will eat two servings of vegetables at every meal instead of I will eat better. So you have to have something that's measurable, that's specific. If I just say, oh, I'm going to eat better, well, that might be just cutting out the extra snacks. But if I really want to make sure I'm incorporating vegetables into my diet, I want to put that as a black and white goal. I want to eat a green vegetable at noon and I want to eat an orange vegetable in the evening, something like that. Now you don't have to be that specific, but you know, as you see what I can say, you just need to give yourself a goal. Um, make sure it's measurable. And I'm going to kind of flip between like food goals and exercise goals and things like that. Um, make sure it's measurable. So my example would be, I will exercise for 30 minutes, five days a week. That's something I can keep track of, right? I can check it off on the calendar. I can give myself a gold star, anything to make myself um, acknowledge that. But if I would just say, uh, I'll exercise more. Well, I can kind of cheat with that, right? So if I walk an extra block, is that really exercising more for that day? Well, technically, yes, but that's not the that's not our goal. We want to make sure that we're exercising with a specific amount, something that we can say, yes, I did that 30 minutes today. Action-oriented. So this is going to be with our blood sugar control. My goal is I will check my blood glucose before and after exercise, and I will treat lows by taking those glucose tablets that I carry in my purse. Instead of someone that might say, I'll know if my glucose is low after exercise because I'll start to feel the symptoms and then I'll drink a whole soda. Is that really how we want to manage our diabetes? Absolutely not. So we want to make sure that we're taking those blood glucose numbers so we can know how foods are affecting our numbers or how exercise is affecting our numbers. We don't want to just guess based on how we feel because with diabetes, some of the symptoms are very similar to other things going on with our body. So we can't just drink a whole soda because we feel like it. <laughs> Realistic. So this is whether it's your food, your exercise, I want you to be very realistic. So the goal I always have for patients is to lose one to two pounds a week instead of I'll lose 50 pounds in two months. You did not gain 50 pounds in two months, so how could you lose it in two months? It's just not possible. Uh, one to two pounds is very realistic. It's what I really see with my patients that count their calories and count their carbs and, and are very self-conscious of their foods and have a food diary. This is a very good goal, and it's very attainable. So make sure you write something like that for yourself. Now, time limited. So I'll add five minutes to each of my walks this week. I'll evaluate my progress at the end of the week, and I may even set a new goal instead of I'll increase my exercise time as I become more fit. Well, the thing of it is we can make excuses all week. If Monday we only do 10 minutes, well, we're not going to, and then Tuesday we do 15, and Wednesday we're like, well, I did an extra 
five minutes on Tuesday, so Wednesday I can do only five minutes. You know, we can make excuses till we're blue in the face, but we want to just give ourselves some time goals. But yes, please reevaluate them. If it's too much to start off at 30 minutes a week, please start off at 10 minutes a day, three times a week, and kind of increase it. Build yourself up to that, but give yourself something to, to reach for. Avoid the cycle. So when we talked about the SMART goals, we want to just make those lifestyle changes. And a lot of things with lifestyle changes is not fluctuating with your weights. Um, we want to make sure that someone doesn't have a huge, uh, significant weight loss in a short amount of time or a significant amount of weight gain. We want to kind of have that stable, steady weight. So don't wait to eat until you're starving and stop before you're stuffed. Sounds pretty simple, but it's what we can do every day that can kind of affect our blood sugars. If we skip a snack thinking that we're going to lose weight, we might actually overeat at that next meal. So, you know, I have to I have to have a snack every afternoon at 2 or 3 in the afternoon. I'm grouchy if I don't have a snack in the afternoon. I'm hungry, I'm irritable. I just know that that's what my body needs. I I don't ever snack in the morning and that's fine. That works out for me. So I have breakfast, I have my noon meal. I have to have my snack around three and then I have my evening meal. And I don't usually snack before I go to bed. But some people have to have a snack before you go to bed. It's okay to snack. We want you to incorporate snacks into your meal plan and then just kind of, um, you know, take your carbs away however you feel fit. But don't um, try to skip things that cause you stress. Don't skip a snack. It's, and if it's going to make you stress out and overeat, then it probably wasn't worth it. Um, same thing with stopping before you're stuffed. It takes our... It takes our brain, you know, a little while to get the message from our stomach that we're full. So eat your meal and wait 20 minutes before you have seconds. Usually you'll find that you're not hungry in 20 minutes instead of overeating in the first place. Cravings. So if you are physically comfortable but still feel like eating and have a specific food in mind, you are experiencing a craving, not hunger. So when we have that big meal that someone of course prepared for us because we're lucky and then all of a sudden we want a piece of pie. Well that's probably not something that we actually physically need, it's something that we want. So if you're experiencing a craving it's not necessarily true hunger and we want you to stop and consider what emotion is driving that urge. Is it um, anxiety? Are you stress eating? Are you sad about something? Are you worried about something? Are you bored? I know I eat a lot of snacks when I'm bored. <laughs> so my old job, I used to have a lot of meetings where I had a lot of social interaction, so I didn't tend to snack as much. My new job, I, I get to work with different departments, but I'm, since I'm working with so many different departments, I don't have as many meetings, and so I get bored. So when I'm sitting there doing paperwork, I'm like, oh, I guess I'll buy a snack. You know, things like that. Try to think of where, where these things are coming from, and then that's where you can kind of try to make some plans. Um, I threw this in there. <laughs> it's the new guideline. It's not necessarily what I'm recommending for you guys to go out and start doing, but it is the guideline. They're actually saying that they want to recommend 60 to 90 minutes of daily exercise for weight loss instead of 30 minutes a day. So it is a jump up. It's I don't know if it's necessarily just because of the benefits of that or we're not getting those 30 minutes in, things like that, but that is the new recommendation. And try to make uh, changes for good, and we kind of already talked about this, but um, learn to identify triggers such as timing, uh, types of food or exercises, situations, and feelings. So like I shared with my example with work, you know, if I have 
a lot of free time in the afternoon, I have time to snack. If I have an extra meeting or things going on, I don't have as much time to snack. So try to plan ahead. So if you do want to snack, you have healthy things. That's when we talk about having fruits and vegetables cut up in the fridge. So when you come home and you haven't had your evening meal yet and you're kind of hungry for something, instead of grabbing junk like chips or cookies, you could grab some apple slices or things like that before your evening meal. Um, delay or distract yourself. If you're hungry a half hour before dinner is going to be served, try to do some cleaning, try to catch up on some reading, you know, try to find something that you can use to distract yourself from grabbing extra food. Uh, this is kind of my tip I use with patients. Some people like this, some people don't. Um, weighing daily. So with diabetes, we want you to check your blood sugars daily and actually, you know, several times throughout the day. And the reason why we want you to check your blood sugars is so you could know how your body is reacting to your medications and also how you're reacting to your food. So we all kind of hopefully know that if we have a high blood sugar after a meal that A, we overdid it or something else is going wrong. Well, if you weigh yourself daily, it's not to... It's not gonna make the weight come off faster, but it can kind of just keep you accountable. If you only do something once a week, you might forget to do it once a week, and once a week might turn into once every two weeks, and you just don't have that feedback. So the tip is to make sure that you measure yourself at the same time of every day, preferably in the morning. So my recommendation is wake up, use the restroom, and then weigh yourself. Now, some people like to weigh themselves with clothes, some people weigh themselves without clothes. I recommend without clothes because we all wear different types of pajamas. You know, one night we might wear um, fuzzy socks, really thick pajama pants, and a sweatshirt. And the next night we might wear t-shirts and shorts. So things like that. Um, go ahead, wake up, use the restroom, and weigh yourself, um, whether you're clothed or not clothed. And make sure your scale is in the same part of the house because sometimes scales can vary if you use it in the bathroom or your bedroom or on carpet or a wooden floor. So just try to be consistent with that. Find a buddy. <laughs> so make sure you have a friend to work out with. Everything's better in pairs. So, you know, if you can find a friend to walk with, talk with, it makes it go faster. Hopefully it makes it a little more enjoyable, <laughs> things like that. You guys can encourage each other, um, anything that you can do to try to, to spend some time. Uh, I have a drive home. I talk to my grandma every day when I, when I drive home, and that's my time I get to spend with my grandma and just tell her about my day. And, you know, it's kind of nice. She helps me pass the time. She jokes that I give her rides places, even though she's just on the phone. You know, I include her throughout the day. So just try to include someone in your exercise, and maybe that will make you happy and, and make it a little bit more enjoyable into sleep. So they're really, 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 really talking about this a lot lately with, lot lately with diabetes care and uh, with obesity and heart disease. So getting a, enough sleep is very important. We recommend uh, about seven hours of sleep a night. If you are diagnosed with diabetes, we want you to get tested for sleep apnea. Uh, there is a huge link between sleep apnea and diabetes and vice versa. So if you've had diabetes, you pri probably are gonna be at a higher risk for sleep apnea. And if you have sleep apnea, you're at a huge risk for developing diabetes. So uh, like the statistic says, sleep apnea is present in half of people with type two diabetes. So it's a huge correlation. 
Um, last but not least, we want to talk a little bit about carb counting. Uh, the reason why we talk about this is just to stay within those portion sizes. You know, tonight we really wanted to focus on the obesity and how we can try to uh, make goals to be healthy with our eating and our portion sizes. But just as a reminder, if you're diabetic, um, for carb counting, 15 grams of carbohydrate equals one carb choice. As a female, you can have three to four carb choices per meal for a total of 12 choices per day. So say for instance, I was a person that never snacked, I could have four choices at each meal. But since I already said I like that snack in the afternoon, I would probably do four choices at breakfast, three at noon, one choice for my snack, and then maybe four for my evening meal. You can kind of spread them out however you like. Our goal is not to have one choice for breakfast, one choice at noon, and 10 choices in the evening. So just kind of spread them out as you like. Men are pretty similar with our carb counting. Uh, we still use the conversion, the 15 grams of carbohydrate is one carb choice, but you guys get four to five carb choices per meal for a total of 15 choices per day. You just need a little bit more calories and a little bit more energy throughout the day. But like I said, for both men and women, our goal is just to watch our portion sizes, watch our carbohydrate counts, and really above and beyond everything with diabetes is to have good blood sugar control so we can prevent complications for the lifetime. We'll do question, oh, last one, yep. Staying with the amount of carbs allows you to have better glucose control. That's kind of what I just said, yeah. Okay.